This is the Hallmark Youth Podcast, and I'm Rachel, and I'm so excited today to get to talk to one of my favorite Hall stars. We are talking with Jesse Schramm, star of the new movie, Road to Christmas. And uh, Jesse, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so much fun. And so what we like to do is we like to just ask our guests to... Uh, to introduce yourself and uh, tell us what inspired you to become an actor. Um, well, I am Jesse Shrimp. I became an actor when I, I mean, I feel like I was born an actor, but I professionally became one around the age of 10. Um, my sister always used to direct me in plays in the backyard and stuff like that. And my mom always told me that for like every dance recital that she would go to, I'd be placed in the back and somehow I would be in the front and the center. So I feel like I always had that, like that bug to perform or I just really loved it so much or just got so passionate about it um, that it usually led me to the front of the line. But I would say when it came to television or really taking on a role, like I was always singing the Disney songs and always imagining things in my bedroom. And one day I told my mom, you know, I wanted to be on the real TV because we used to take our VHS recorder for those millennials, that's like a really big camera that you put <laughs> on your shoulder and you just shoot at people. Then it comes on a big tape. But um, yeah, it's, it's, we used to make little, little commercials on our own. And I remember a girl in my school going out for Harriet the Spy and, you know, asking my mom, like, can I, can I be on the real TV? Can I have a shot at that? And I'm very blessed to have a family that has always been really supportive. And all of us, you know, tried to tried to get in the running with things and yeah I've had a family that that helped me and you know me saying hey can I try this and they said oh boy yeah yeah you can (laughs) yeah yeah so did you grow up in the states or in Canada or Uh, I grew up in Buffalo Grove Illinois so that's uh near Chicago okay yeah so when Hallmark pretends to be Chicago you fit right you fit right in Yep, yep, pretty much. But that's the funny thing, too, is like I hear recently different, you know, different friends of mine that, that get to do the movies as well. They'll be like, we filmed in Chicago or it's from there. I'm like, I never get the script where I'm from Chicago. So maybe one day. That's funny. So uh, yeah. how did you, uh, were there enough opportunities there in Illinois uh, if you were a child actor? Uh, I would say the opportunities that were in like Chicago were voiceover. So I did a lot of radio voiceover as well as commercial. So I learned my craft and being on set and commercial. So I can like reset a prop or hit my mark really strongly. And then I say like, I really didn't actually start acting until I came to Los Angeles. Yeah. And that was when I was 18. So I moved right after high school and booked a job, oddly enough, on the Hallmark channel of on a series called Jane Doe starring Leah Thompson. Yeah. Well, so, but that must've helped you in the birthday wish because you were directing oh, yeah. <laughs> commercials in that movie. <laughs> yes. I definitely understood that and the sets and like, yeah, it's yeah. always fun when you can play something that you experience all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, your first role was for Hallmark. Is that correct? Uh, well, the first, like the job that kind of brought me to Los Angeles, I literally moved a day earlier because I booked it. So I, I was extremely fortunate to come to Los Angeles with a job. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, my first Hallmark job was Jane Doe. Yeah. Interesting. And there were uh, four or five of those, I, I believe. 
Uh, yeah, I think that there were like even more than that. Yeah. It was so long ago. They were two-hour movies, but it was a mini series for yeah. for the channel. So I think that there were like eight or ten. I mean, I've never seen any of those. I've heard about them, but they're kind of the uh, the uh, predecessor to all these mystery shows, you know, that they have now. Yes, it was really, it was the beginning of like the Garage Mystery series. And yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. it was really neat. And they did such a good job. Yeah. Well, I mean, that must have been nice as a, as a first sort of roles to work with somebody like Leah Thompson, who's such a, a veteran. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way that she is on set with her cast and crew, like I learned so much from her and was so lucky, you know, I'm so lucky to call her a friend, like getting to watch how she was able to to manage the set as a female lead and be so friendly and so professional. And what was really neat is she started directing during that time period. So, you know, I got close to her as a friend and playing her daughter on the screen and then getting to watch her use her director skills and start that. Like there was just so much that I learned from her. Yeah, she started directing during that. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, you, it's interesting you say you, you were very influenced by Disney because you basically could play the Disney princess on Once Upon a Time. That must have been fun. <laughs> I did. I never thought I would ever actually be Cinderella. Like, yeah. I always tell people growing up, I was like, yes, yeah, Cinderella was my favorite was my favorite Disney movie, but I always like geared toward Discuss because like I never thought I could actually be Cinderella. Right. So it was, yeah, so it's fun to actually play the princess. I mean, that must be a really fun show to to be on. Just the, I don't know. I'm sure it's it's stressful in its own way, but it seems like it would be really fun. Just the imagineering kind of the going on with it. Oh, 100%. And I would say definitely like, during that first season, it was really, I got to be there during, you know, right before it kind of aired. Like during the first uh-huh. season, I feel like everybody was still, I mean, during the whole time, we're still figuring it out and how yeah. you make this massive set and, and like the enchantedness come to life. But I would say it was, I feel really lucky to have been a part of that first season of before everybody saw it, really just like the excitement and the new exploration of trying to bring magic to life with something that yeah has pressure to it but that something is also really fun so like there was this really neat there was this really neat um energy and vibe that was around the sets and before it felt like before it aired not really knowing how people would take it in but really living in a world of of creating something new something old but new i was just mad that they they got rid of cinderella so quickly because it's like that's like one of the most iconic characters in all of disney i was like what are they here's the great part of being part of the first couple episodes is i got to experience something that you know was was unlike anything else the bad part of being during the first couple episodes is that they didn't realize like they gave me a happy ending right away and then they're like how do we how do we incorporate you without just like taking away your entire family and leaving you for dirt i'm like hey do it let's do it i'm up for it i'm up for it i think emma be evil for a whole season they they bring back cinderella for a couple episodes i know well and you know it's like there was just there were so many different avenues to explore and 
And yeah, because I would talk to them really every season. They would they would pin me for a, a lot of different episodes. And oh, when you're pinned, means they let you know, you know, hey, we're thinking about using you. We have these ideas. Are you free these dates? So like, I would get pinned all the time, and I'd get so excited, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't work in the story. So, uh. <laughs> so I was always like in contact with them, and they're so so awesome and supportive, and. You know, they're just like we, they have so many characters and because it was early on, it was hard to, hard to incorporate back, but then they did, you know, in that final season, it was just with a whole, a whole brand new realm of Cinderella. Yeah. I, I I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't even watch the final season because I was just, I just felt like the story's done. My story's done. My character's gone. I'm done. And (laughs) well, it's, it's such a, I remember because I got to go, I think it was season right before this last one I got to go to the um the premiere of the finale and you know that's when I got to see like Jared or all the different characters where they're like yeah I'm not coming back and of course I had been out of the loop with what was going on and I could definitely understand you know the characters that you've been growing with and falling in love with they won't be there anymore so it feels like a completely different show but you know I mean that was that was a huge risk and I'm glad they took it because otherwise you know, it wouldn't have gone on another season and we wouldn't know where things go. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind them giving it a shot, uh, but I just, (laughs) I'm not really actually that much of a TV person. I'm a movie person. Yeah. And, but I'm a huge Disney person. And so of course I had to watch once upon a time. (laughs) And you're already like, they already took the risk when they started the show by taking characters that everybody loves and has an image of in their head and then changing their story. So th- yeah. they took so many risks. And of course, you know, some are, some are going to be the Olympian successor and some are going to be like, I don't know that I love that one. Yeah. yeah. I think I like the Once Upon a Time much better than I like the live action remake movies personally. Uh, I just I, feel they're more I interesting with to me. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really gotten into the, to the live reenactment one. There's, there's something that, I don't know. It's kind of like when there's new technology or different things, like my brain isn't quite sure. Like I'm sure in a couple of years, I'll be like, this is amazing. But yeah, I've, I I stick with once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. Good. Okay. So what was it like to be on Mad Men? That must've been kind of fun. Oh, that was amazing. I, Mad Men was like the second show I had ever binged on Netflix. So of course, like when you binge a show, you have such a different, different connection with it. Yeah. But so it was, it was interesting. I didn't know that it was the final season because I hadn't caught up completely. Um, so I had, I had gone in, I had read for a role. There were maybe like four lines possibly reoccurring, but it was just going to be one episode, one scene. And um, I, I'm such a fan of the show and I had never had the opportunity to audition for it before. So I was super excited. And I went in, you get the call back. Matt Weiner is sitting there asking you to do it like from A to Z a million different ways and you leave the room going I don't I don't know do I even know how to act and yeah I got that role and it was so I love the process of that because they really they they see what's happening and then they work with that and so getting to go on that show being a super fan having so much respect for it already it was like it was this standard that I felt like I was held to or holding myself to. And it was a really fun challenge to meet that. Mm-hmm. So I got to sit down at like that first table read and I couldn't find my chair anywhere. And I asked one of the assistants like, Oh, I'll just like sit on the side of the room. And they're like, no, 
your chair is at the table and you're sitting down and there's there's John Hamm, Christina Hendricks, Elizabeth Moss, like you're it was it was such an experience as an actress and as a fan to be yeah. able to go, Wow, I'm sitting at the table. Yeah. Did it seem like you had just all of a sudden walked into the nineteen sixties? I guess it was the late nineteen sixties by by then. I forget oh, yeah, exactly what you nineteen sixty nine, yeah. It was that yeah, it was nineteen sixty nine and it was amazing because here's Here's one of the most fun things about Mad Men, too, is that it is so particular on details that in wardrobe, unless they custom created something for you, you are not wearing a piece of clothing that has come out after 1969. Uh You're wearing, like, everything. I wore so many original outfits on that show. And that was interesting, too, to see the different ways that shoes fit, the different way that underwear fit, the different way that, like you know just the different ways that you move and when it came to hairstyles too like we sat down and tried to figure out what kind of hairstyle there was you know I didn't know that people didn't really paint their toenails at the time so I wasn't allowed to have my toenails painted like the details in that really completely got you into 1969. Yeah the attention to detail on that show is was basically flawless. Uh, oh it was amazing. Yeah I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did. I made like, once I found that out too, I made a playlist of like the songs that came out that year. And like that gave me a better understanding of the Rolling Stones, even. You know, when you're uh-huh. looking at it, of what was this time period like? What was in the news? What was just happening? Yeah. All of that, you know, of course, you don't see that on screen through my character, but it was so much fun looking at history in a different kind of way through Mad Men. Yeah. And then also like making that playlist, you're like, oh, I understand the vibe of this character and the vibe of what's going on. It's such a, such a neat time period. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I loved, I, yeah. I love that. I got a little frustrated with it in sort of in the middle seasons. Um, okay. But, uh, but then I got kind of got back into that final season. It just got to be feel a little repetitive in the middle season, but as far yeah. as the, the, the acting, the the and the production i mean it's beyond reproach for sure uh and i thought it, oh it, yeah i think the finale is got to be up there in my opinion one of the greats ever of of a finale See, that makes me happy to hear i will say like i have i have different feelings about the finale i oh, liked the finale and that but at the same time i think because it was just such such an epic show in different ways and whenever you get attached to something I feel like you rarely ever leave with that like fully satisfied thing yeah that fully satisfied feeling but so many people I feel like were divided on that ending and I was one where I sat there going I'm so happy and at the same time feel so perplexed about how I feel that's how I felt about the finale I felt perplexed about how I felt yeah, I can understand that. I guess I had been burned the year before with the How I Met Your Mother finale, right. which I will never forgive them for. Uh, I thought it was terrible. But um, in this one, I just felt like for a character as conflicted as as Don Draper is and how, it, you know, he's a very complex character, I felt like it ended it as sort of in a safe spot and a happy, like, not really a happy spot, but like, a peaceful spot for a character and that's kind of mm-hmm. that's how I think personally I because I, I think creators want to do stuff that's like really risky and gonna be like oh look we, we surprised you that's not what you want in a finale at least not what I want I want to know that my characters are going to be safe 
and that they're going to be right. happy and that everything's going to be okay. And then I can leave and move on with my life. Uh, and <laughs> Which is why you're a Hallmark fan. Yeah. But, also too, but also too, you know what? That's actually a great way of looking at that. Like with Don Draper, and I think maybe even like what's going on in the world now, like it still kept him as the the mastermind or that brilliant mind of something in the advertising industry. Yeah. So it still kept him on that level, but it also opened him up, taking him out of that 50s mindset as well. So yeah, I guess like, I'm glad we're talking about this. I have <laughs> I'm starting to open my view a little bit, oh, good. Okay. but yeah, it was, I think, I think it was more that it ended him on like that, that business approach, which made complete sense because you know, that's, where he was in the world and the season started but we had just been through so much with him I think I was expecting more of that like emotional pull well and especially I mean this is I don't know how much people are gonna be interested in this but anyway we <laughs> talked about it because it's my podcast but when Peggy walking down that that hallway I don't, I don't know if that's actually in the finale finale but anyway that and uh you know oh. her choice that was such a great moment I was like yes so good yeah it was oh yeah really good. everything Peggy yeah <laughs> everything Peggy was fantastic and I thought that things ended really nice for Joan I was really kind of happy with that and uh and so but yeah I just thought for a character like Don I thought it was a very like poetic and great way for him to kind of I feel like he's gonna transition to the 70s terribly but like this is as good right. a shot as he possibly can have I think Right. It was one where I went, okay, he's still, but it's, it's still, it's still kept true to him being like the genius or the new wave person that he was of yeah, creating, yeah. you know, like with, with the ad, because if anybody hasn't watched it, I don't want to spoil it too much, yeah. but yeah, yeah, with, with where it ended in the advertisement that they used, I went, okay, yeah. it's more gentle, but also yeah. this is, this is a new season, a new beginning and we have no idea what's going to happen. And that's actually a really good thing. Agreed. Yeah. So yeah. I should say for any listeners, Mad Men is, is not a Hallmark content approved, but it's no. still a really good show. <laughs> I would say, yes, it is. It is not what you would think to watch after say you watch uh, Royal New Year's Eve. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But hey, variety is yeah. the spice of life. So anyway, yes. But Let's. yeah, still a cultural classic that was still like one of the high points of, of my, of my existence. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So, okay, well, let's talk about Harvest Moon. So yeah. this movie, I really want to compliment you on it because I think that the, your character could have been very irritating and unlikable yeah. because, you <laughs> yeah. know, she's like spoiled and she's, uh, you know, it's kind of similar to like Sherrod Clueless, that kind of character or, or like Elle Woods, you know, it's like, the, I think they're kind yeah. of the same, uh, the same mold. And so how did you approach it to kind of bring warmth to the character and make it work? I got really scared of the character for that reason alone of going, yeah. uh, you know, like on the page, is it so stereotypical or going, I don't really like her or how can I make her more than just the Valley girl that goes to a farm. And like, that was something I did. I worked with an acting coach, Warner Laughlin, who I absolutely adore. And we had sat down and we literally just read the script together. And I just, I got scared. So I got stuck in my head. Like, I don't really know how to do this role or, or where we go. And, we just made her human and, you know, made her not just the Valley girl. And we gave her heart, the things that actually mattered to her. Therefore, even though, you know, her circumstances, she's only riven a horse in Griffith Park, like 
there there is so much more to her than just the fact that she's had a very sheltered and and different life than everybody has. So mm-hmm. I know that Peter De Louise was amazing. He oh, I, I like get overwhelmed thinking about it because this was such a special project. We had mm-hmm. only had maybe um a third of the script when they sent it to me. So they sent me the script. It was only a third done. They sent it to me on a Thursday. We needed to start filming on Tuesday. So I needed to first go like, okay, yes, we will do this. We don't have the rest of the script. I don't know that I could play this girl. I don't know that I necessarily like her. So, you know, looking through that script, I got to talk to Peter. He had that idea of like, you know, the Elle Woods character, which was great because we had that to go by. But then I also was like, well, what about Goldie Hawn and Overboard? You know, so the two of us Mm -hmm. were able to kind of like combine our our views of how this script went. And then, you know, there's also Sarah Jessica or Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. Like there's a lot of different, different elements that you can bring this to. But what's great with Peter is he has like, he has a little library of references. So each scene that came about, if he had inspiration for it, you know, he'd show us a little clip of what he loved. Or for me, I was super Mm. uncomfortable with comedy because though I love to do it and I can do it, I've been cast more in like the evil alien, the Cinderella <laughs> that's losing her baby. You know, like I do drama and I'm comfortable in drama. So this was an opportunity to do comedy where Peter DeLuise is a mastermind at that. And so he would have little references for me or he would just, you know, like I have a video online that I posted of him having my Lucille Ball moment. So he was fantastic at bringing out the comedy mm-hmm. in my character which was something that with a movie like this, you know, it, it could be just very straightforward Valley Girl on the farm, you know, and like very picky moments as opposed to, I think, more heartfelt or endearing or like relatable moments. Mm-hmm. So Peter DeLuise bring, bring the physical comedy into it. And it was at first, like that first week of filming, I'm like, I don't know if I trust any of this. And then I'm <laughs> like, it's easier to trust it. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And we filmed on an actual goat farm. So the entire time we were out there, we were on a goat farm that made amazing goat ice cream and goat cheese and everything, but we chose not to use the goats in the movie, which meant that like during, you know, while we're looking at the harvest moon and having these really intimate moments in between like lines, all of a sudden you hear <laughs> or, like whatever sound a goat makes. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was, there were so many amazing and different challenges during it and like with this character too on the first day of filming we had to do seven different looks so seven different outfits different hairstyles different makeup like it was it was by far still the most intense process of filming one of these movies that i've done but Uh still probably my absolute favorite yeah well we that answers your question i know you asked me something specific and i'm like let me talk about it you did great no that that that's really really good we've actually now i think about it we have interviewed all three of the main leads uh we've interviewed jesse hutch and we've interviewed lila Cheryl, so yes, <laughs> we've got it all. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> and they were just delightful. And so it must have been, yeah. I mean, a fun set as far as just the people you got to work with. Super sweet. And oh my gosh, that I mean, that crew was amazing. But the actors, like Jesse Hutch, he was he was so fantastic to work with, and like I felt like he brought he he brought like such a juxtapose to to who my character was as well, like. I couldn't have enjoyed that cast like more. Everybody brought such 
such authentic character pieces to it. And it was so much fun. And well, we had so much action in that, that yeah. we all got to do. It was really fun. Yeah. Had you ever like ridden a horse or any of that kind of stuff? Um, you know, I've ridden horses for a few things before, but this was one, like I've never galloped or anything like that. So yeah. Jesse Hutch and I, right before we started filming in that like four day period of it being greenlit for us, mm-hmm. um, we, we went to, um, we have horse trainers on it and I'm, I'm yeah. blanking on their names right now. I feel bad, but we had gone and like, we were put on horses and you know, the guy was like, play tag. So we needed to chase each other on horses, trying to play tag and like got super comfortable with it. So, I mean, being in the outdoors, being on a goat farm, being in the location that we were with horses and tractors and water supplies and stuff like that, like it, it couldn't have been more bonding with everybody. It was awesome. That is really cool. Did you, was it hard to learn the the square dance that you did? The line dance, I guess. Not square dance, line dance. Oh, no, not at all. I love dancing. And like, that was super fun. That wasn't, I mean, I feel like I remember someone having a difficult time with it, but I can't remember Uh, who. And that's probably a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I remember someone like not just, just being like, take me out of the scene, coach. Take me out. It's yeah. It's it's one of my one of my favorite non Christmas. I love it. I think it's really good. I oh, I and I absolutely you. love the birthday wish. I thought that was oh one of the best from last year. I love Julie's writing. I think she's a great writer, and I I just really liked the concept of like you get this because it wasn't like a it's a wonderful life kind of thing where but it was just like this little glimpse of like your future and and then what that does to her and I also really liked the way that that script really respected her as a character and her her career yeah her life. like she wasn't just uh just expected to give up everything for uh you know here's this Luke, I mean Luke McFarlane amazing and uh, oh my gosh yeah <laughs> what a cutie even now i'm like he has a little twinkle in his eye but i'm like oh he's he's amazing yeah yeah it was so good i loved it and i i just i really just thought it was a it's one of the ones that people were asking me for a for a recommendation of a hallmark movie that a a non-hallmark fan would like i think this is one it's just such a well-executed romantic comedy uh, and uh, I, I really like him with that monkey hat on in the future. Like, yeah. like <laughs> well, and again, like Luke can, like he pulls off, he pulls off, like he's so charming. And like, it was, yeah, well, I've been so lucky with the, the male leads that I've gotten to work with. And like Luke just brings that sparkle and shine to it. And we just had yeah. such an, such an awesome, we had so much fun filming together and I love also too that you that you mentioned or that we pulled off that it wasn't her giving up everything. This was yeah. another movie I got yeah. to do with Peter DeLuise, who did Harvest Moon. Yeah. Um, and we sat down right before filming and that was something that we both brought to the table of going, I don't want her. I don't want this to be a story of she meets the guy and gives up everything. I want it to be, you know, why can't why can't she have it all and why can't it support each other? And yeah. there's the importance of the not the identity through work but like she has a separate identity from the male as well as from the work and yeah I felt like it was it was a little bit different from the other Hallmark movies like when I was watching it I was going oh I still love this but it does feel it feels a little bit different and I still can't put my finger on why but that was that was really fun and 
Cardi Wong was part of that, who is also part of Road to Christmas from this year. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Julie yeah. said that of all her scripts, she, she said it's her favorite of, of the birthday wish. Oh, she's amazing, by the way. And that makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. This was one I was scared of how we were going to do like the flash forward stuff, the magic y stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was one like Peter and I had to sit down and go, okay. I'm like, how are you planning on doing this? What is the lighting going to be? Are you like, there were so many funny stories from that movie as well. We had such a good time. Well, and what was really cool too is that uh, the the relationship with Marcus Rosner's character it was like a decent relationship, and they had they had talked about what their goals and dreams were, and he that was what yeah. he was going with. And then she changes because she sees this new insight into her life, and so you can't really blame the guy for like continuing on their agreed upon yeah. relationship. So it just made it better than like the evil that, guy. Right. Well, and that was, that was, a, well, thank you for saying that. Cause that was another thing that was really important to us is going with, and Marcus, so good. Like I said, everybody's yeah. amazing, but <laughs> everybody like with that relationship, it was also important to us to make that a real relationship of going, okay, there is something missing, but it is still a functioning relationship and they're still going about it. But really, like, there's always been something that hasn't been completely hitting the mark in it. Like, there's yeah. nothing horrible. There's nothing horrible that happens. There's nothing evil about it. It's just going, yeah, we have a real relationship, and there are parts maybe that don't completely match up. But, like, it wasn't like this new guy came along, and it's like, ooh, now I'm done with you. It's, oh, wow, I'm realizing what I've been missing, and this is really, this is really sad. This is upsetting, but... That, that was never something that was here in this yeah. relationship. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, uh, so real quick, let's talk about Royal New Year's Eve. Was that fun to be yeah. in a Prince, Hallmark Princess movie? It was. It, yeah. was. it yeah. was really fun. And, you know, of course, everybody on set was like, it's your Cinderella moment. So you're like, I've we already had that. <laughs> exactly. Like, but now I'm in a pink dress. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. It was an... Um, I mean, this was, I feel like this was, all the movies that I've done of for Hallmark have all had, um, I don't know what the words are that I'm trying to find, but go ahead with asking me your question again. Okay, no, I mean, it just, uh, it looked like it was, would be fun, that, that dress must have been, uh, must have been fun to, to put on. That dress, let me just tell you about that dress, um, for this, because of legal reasons, and because in the script, we needed a custom dress. Like uh -huh. the whole script was all about this dress. Yeah. And this was another movie that came along where we didn't realize that we couldn't just like take another dress and then customize it through that. It needed to be built from ground up. And this was one where on a Saturday, we find out that we need this dress and it needs to be this way. And so um, this dress was one where literally right before the scenes where I'm pulling it on, like even during rehearsals, it wasn't completely ripped off. Like we were still, the ladies were still sewing it on me. We were still getting this together. And so the reveal of that dress really was like the reveal. major reveal of the movie and behind the scenes of like, oh, look at the dress. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. but we did not have that dress until really like it was being made in the process all last minute so and it fits like I felt so beautiful in it it was such a pretty dress uh -huh. yeah it was beautiful and yeah it definitely complimented uh like your blonde hair and blue eye you know this pink blush pink oh, thank dress. You. very pretty yeah yeah and it must have been fun to to work with Sam Page and that whole cast 
Oh my gosh. Once again, like Sam Page, I have like, I have the biggest work crush on him. Like he's awesome as a human Uh being. He is so awesome. And working with him was just so much fun. And it was so easy. And like this entire cast, like we even had Haley Sales, um, Andrew, like we just, we had really great humans that were really, really down to earth. And I felt like really everybody, everybody was able to make something special and real come to the scenes. And we had such a good time. And our director, Monica, really was really about, you know, making it, making it relatable, but making it about the emotion and the humans uh-huh. and the characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's what I like to so hear. Like Sam Page again. He also has that like twinkle in his eye where you're yeah. like, stop. <laughs> yeah, we did. Stop. Our, um, you just like radiate twinkles. We did our hunks of Hallmark uh, podcast where we're ranking the yeah. Hallmark and, uh, and he was mentioned. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no he just like he like walks and you're like how cute is he yeah as was luke mcfarlane so uh it's but, true it's true <laughs> uh but let's talk about the road to christmas that's coming out this weekend Yay. and yes. can you tell us a little bit about uh, the story without spoiling yes so i play a character named maggie bark maggie parker and she is a tv producer and she produces a show for julius julia wise who's kind of like the Martha Stewart of, okay. of this world. And so I'm getting ready to produce her Christmas pageant, like her Christmas TV special. And the network's getting a little concerned because they don't want to do it live. And I'm sitting here being like, hey guys, you know, let's get into the 21st century. Let's do this. And so they're getting concerned. And Julia Wise brings her son, Danny Wise, who's played by Chad Michael Murray. She brings him to help produce. And he is way more traditional. So he wants things very much by the book, very much by what they've done, keep it safe. And I'm saying, let's, let's make this exciting. Let's bring something new. Let's make new traditions. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. So we are now put on a team to bring this show to life. And of course, in the process, our butting heads. But so we settle on the idea of going on a road trip where we will have recorded segments, but in the process, we'll have like live interviews and then that we can sprinkle through the live show. So we will have traditional as well as new tradition. Oh. And in this process, I, I surprised Danny by going to pick up his brothers because him and his family don't really spend Christmas with each other. And his brothers are adopted, which is why we call them the three wise men. And I've come up with this mastermind plan to bring them to Julia Wise and be like, here is your best Christmas gift on Christmas. And it's, it's a story very much about, about family coming together, about letting your past be healed, about reconciling, and also really much about being in the moment as well as, as, well as creating like a great presence to move forward. Oh, that's a really interesting description because in the, uh, in the poster, in the publicity, I was like, they don't actually mention a road trip. And so I was like, where's no, the road? I think road? it's a cooking show. Yeah, I was like, should this be called the recipe of Christmas or something? I'm like, I'm very confused where the road is. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's the kind poster of. poster when I saw it, I was like, wait a second. We're not a cooking show. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we haven't really brought up like the whole plot line of, of the adopted brothers and everything. Because what's, what's really neat about the script in this movie, which I felt was similar to Royal New Year's Eve, is it's very much an ensemble cast. So uh-huh. it's not just main girl, main guy, see what happens. It very much includes other characters. And that's why I loved Royal New Year's Eve. And when I read this one, I went, yes, like we get, 
we get an ensemble piece, which means there's more than one story happening that all, you know, come together. Um, but this is one like there is the road trip involved and, and we don't really get that from the advertisements, but it's, it's what this movie is and it makes it really fun. Yeah. That's really cool. I think that sounds fun. So it's, it's part sort of family reunion kind of, and part yes. of this, this filming the show. Yes. It's the, it's the filming of the show. It's part family reunion and it's very much arguing as what is tradition? You know, can't, mm-hmm. can't tradition be made new or, uh, it, it doesn't need to be stuck in your old ways. Like you can still have a great time while creating something new. Yeah. Well, and it has a pretty great cast. I mean, yeah, Chad Michael Murray. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, a yeah. twinkle again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're getting yes. twice this year for Hallmark, so that's exciting. And already in the beach house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty fun. No, I mean, Chad was so much fun to work with. Like, it was it was really fun because I felt like we were on the same page with like our characters and bringing things to the scenes, and he was always so prepared. And he also too he he has a directorial mind, so he he got to bring like a lot of a lot of his ideas to the scenes and maybe the shots that were happening. So it was everyone was so much fun, and like Chad was Chad was an amazing to like have as my partner in crime in this. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Terrell Rothery is someone we love. She's in a ton of stuff. Yes. She's, she's she really also, again, as a human being, so fantastic. And also just, she brought so much, she brought a reality to the character as well as so much personality. And it was really great. Watching her work is really fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, so that's really cool. We're excited for it. Excited to see it. And uh, should be it's, I, it's probably my most anticipated of this weekend of the three, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yay! Yeah, yeah. That makes me so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, real quick, what else is premiering this weekend? Uh, this weekend we have uh, Christmas Joy, which I am looking forward to because of the writer, and I love Daniel Panabaker; she's amazing. Uh, so I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. that. But um, Tracy Andrine uh, is was the writer on it and she's the best. So I I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but then also, uh, they have marrying father Christmas, which is part of this, this series that is not for me is not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Good. But everybody okay. else, yeah. most everybody else loves it. So they will love it. And hopefully okay. maybe I'll be surprised and will win me over. Who knows? I always try to have an open mind. Right. yeah good yeah um, real quick before we go uh we like to ask just some fun silly christmas questions of our guests okay so first question what's your favorite holiday drink eggnog even though i don't do dairy anymore so i have to find like i'm on a hunt to find the best non-dairy eggnog okay anybody has any recommendations put in the comments uh yeah what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat oh sugar cookies yeah i love sugar cookies yes it's pretty delicious um okay what is your soft ones like the thick soft ones yeah. yeah. What is your favorite Christmas carol or song? Ooh, Silent Night. 
has always been my favorite as a kid. I don't know if it is so much as an adult because I haven't listened to it that often, <laughs> but Silent Night is Christmas to me. I, but you know what? I will that's say every Christmas, like, that's like, that's my traditional one. That's my like, you know, Chad Michael yeah. Murray one for the movie. I would yeah. say always um, Mariah Carey. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong with anything Mariah Carey for Christmas. She's <laughs> one of the queens of Christmas. There's no doubt. Uh, okay. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas movie? And you, you can pick Hallmark, non-Hallmark, whatever you want. Is there one? Oh, wow. I feel like Elf is a staple. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's like the one that always hits home for me, but Elf is one that like on Thanksgiving, yeah, the night of Thanksgiving or the night after, I always watch Elf. So like that sets up Christmas to me. It's so funny. You can't go wrong. It's so good. Elf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite yeah. holiday tradition that you like decorating the tree or something that you particularly love? You know what? I would say... I, I realized the other day, the one tradition that I know is part of every year, like when I'm at home with my family, is on my dad's side, my Uncle Jerry bakes chocolate chip cookies. So it goes against my sugar cookie, but uh -huh. <laughs> he makes chocolate chip cookies that like, we will travel to have these cookies. Yeah. Like this is a recipe. No one knows what's in it, but it's amazing. So, I mean, I would say really, I guess the tradition that I love most is even as painstaking and as stressful as it can be sometimes, coming home for Christmas is my favorite yeah. tradition. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have, what's a memorable Christmas gift you either have given or received? Like, do you have your Red Rider moment? Right. <laughs> I mean, I had, like, I had a gift that my mom gave me that was very sentimental, which is from my great-grandma that she, like, used to wear um, on her bra strap every day is like you know uh -huh. uh, as protection uh -huh. so that was something very sentimental that I'd gotten from my mom but I would say like the favorite gifts that I've gotten in the last like yeah the favorite gifts that I remember is it wasn't even a gift for me but on my dad's side we do uh the white elephant which we also do in the movie but we do oh, like uh -huh. gifts under five dollars uh -huh. so you can do five dollars or you you re-gift something. Yeah. And my dad, um, my dad is a screen printer and he makes t-shirts and he had put like this weird baseball TV t-shirt in there that said like meat hooks or like something really weird and like put a Red Bull in a box. And my grandma at the age of like 95 opens this and she's holding a Red Bull in one hand and like this baseball tee up that says meat hooks. And it's still like, the best gift I've ever seen received and given. It was amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Uh, all right. Yeah, that is so, you say like your favorite <laughs> gift and I'm like her in a meat hook shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So weird. Look at these mass produced. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? The Grinch. Okay. Clear lights or colored? Clear lights. Uh, are you a good, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper? Hmm, I'm a creative gift wrapper. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. If I really focus, I can be a good gift wrapper, but most of the time I'm just like, where's the uh -huh. gift bag? Gift bag is so, <laughs> so easy. Yeah. I always forget that gift bags are a thing, which is yeah. why I'm a creative rapper. Like yeah. gift bags are so easy, but maybe they're too easy. And that's why I'm like, no, can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. Do you have 
an ugly Christmas sweater? And what is your ugliest Christmas sweater? You know, I don't have an ugly Christmas sweater, but I do have a Christmas sweater. I don't, I think I got it at like a clothing swap or it was someone's, could have even been like Leah Thompson's hand-me-down that she gave me. But it's this, it's this red, red vintage sweater that um, has like a, has a Budweiser logo on it, but it's like, <laughs> it's an old, yeah, it's in yeah. A, like, it's this old, um, it's this old setting of like horses going on a prairie that's like woven into this sweater. And it's like, it's a very classy Budweiser, you know, yeah. logo, but it's, it's this vintage sweater and that 100% is my Christmas sweater. I know it doesn't really like go with the theme of Christmas, but like the theme of the horses in the snow and woven into a red sweater. It's yeah. my favorite. It's on brand. It's red. It counts. Yeah. Definitely. I didn't even know that it said Budweiser until someone's like, oh, is that appropriate? I'm like, why? <laughs> That's funny. Someone's like, like of course it is. I'm like, oh, I get it. Someone's like judging your sweater appropriateness. That's funny. Uh... I know. I know. <laughs> Like you're not even wearing one. So no. (laughs) That's funny. Well, you have been a delight. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to talk to me. And uh I know that people uh, our listeners will really enjoy. Uh and and this has been really fun. Hopefully we can have you on again and uh we look forward to seeing the movie. Yeah. Do you have um social media you'd like to share? I do on Twitter and on Instagram. I am under Jay Schrammer. So J-S-C-H-R-A-M-E-R. Yeah, and those are what I'm most active on. Awesome. Well, I will have links to all that in the description so people can follow you and check you out on those uh, social media. And uh, thanks again for taking the time to talk to to me. It was really fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Anytime. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was so much fun to have Jesse on the podcast. Really enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Let us know what you thought uh, on Twitter or on the comment section. Please uh, put in your uh, ratings on iTunes. Really appreciate it in your reviews. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, please follow us on social media all over Hallmarkies Pod. You can follow me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. I, I really appreciate that. And we hope you all enjoy the movies this weekend and have a very, very Merry Christmas. We will talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>